Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. I'm not concerned. Uh, second half was better, you know, and uh, I think from now every game going to be better. You know, we, we don't want to be thinking that we're just going to flip the switch and all of a sudden we're going to be a top defensive team in the league, but, you know, we got to keep grinding and keep getting better every game. We got a bunch of new guys and, you know, along with the returning guys who are, you know, trying to see how each other play, you know, so every game playing is going to be different. We just got to, you know, communicate better and learn from each other. You want to get to that unspoken communication, but that, that can take, you know, half a season, a season. I mean, it, um, it just depends on, you know, the guys you got in, in-house and, uh, we think we have a, a good group of guys who, you know, really take the defensive end seriously and um, are going to, you know, do their best to, to expedite the, you know, the defensive end. And and, uh, and so once we're all together, I think, you know, it'll, it'll all start to show. Split, it's time for the split story of the day brought to you by Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or you're used currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea at Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com today. The Jazz fall to the Kings last night in preseason action, Gordon. Uh, 128 to 115. All right, do you want to talk about your point about defense? And then we'll get to Donovan Mitchell. But let, let's start off with your your what do you think about what you saw defensively from the Jazz? Well, I, when you give up 78 points and a half, you know that you're not dialed in correctly. And that's what the Jazz did last night in the first half. And when you brag about holding a team to 50 points in the second half, you know you're not doing a great job. So this is something – the Jazz are capable of playing good defense. Nobody will, will uh, convince me otherwise. But last night I saw a lack of intensity on the defensive end. I thought Donovan Mitchell was trying hard, uh, but many of the others just seemed like they were going through the motions. And I get it. It's the preseason, and it doesn't even count. None of this counts. And so how do you motivate yourself to really give it everything you have if it doesn't count? And they're working on stuff. Now, I, I want to take this in a couple of different directions real quick here. I want to start with this. They didn't necessarily they, – they had a really bad quarter in the second quarter. I mean, really bad. And the first quarter wasn't terrific either, but it did get better. Well, 41 and 37 points. I mean, that, that's bad. I mean, but especially the second quarter was, was really, really bad. But what did I tell you going into the season when we had that conversation about how, if the Jazz would take a step back defensively? Yeah, you did bring that up. And I thought it, they might take a little step back, but that, that, was, that was an embarrassment last night. If it counted, it doesn't count, and so it's hard to say. I think there is some confusion. There is some adjusting, and all the players were talking about that in the locker room afterward. You just heard that sound there where uh, Rude, uh, these guys are having to learn, even the veteran players, maybe especially the veteran players, are having to learn new stuff, that, and, and they have to break old habits. Now, here's, here's the bright side of it, though, because I, I don't think the defense will be quite as good this year. A uh, big part of the reason is they're smaller in the backcourt, and I, I do think that's going to have an effect. But uh, last year, Gordon, a big storyline on Jazz Prehalf and Post for about the first third of the year is the Jazz weren't good defensively. And, and we can remember some of the performances in, in that run. I mean, they lost by 50 to Dallas. Yeah. And they were not good defensively. 
this it's it's different playing with Rudy. It's a different type of defense. And Quinn Snyder, as detail focused that he is, uses a different set of terminology than a lot of other coaches out there. So, and I'm I'm sounding like I'm arguing with you. I'm actually trying. I'm actually backing up what you said right there. They got a bunch to work. They got a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know, last night aside because it didn't count. So so who cares? And they're just working on stuff anyway. But don't expect the defense to be at its peak when this season starts. It's going to take a minute. But here's the bright side, Gordon. And we talked about this a little bit on the post game show offensively now they're so much more capable that they have some room for error where in the past if the defense wasn't light at, lights out the jazz were losing because they didn't have the offense to keep pace now they've got the offense to keep pace so don't panic if the defense isn't where you think it's going to end although up. you talk about human nature sometimes and quinn mentioned this after the game last night maybe you had it on your post-game show but he, he essentially alluded to the fact that sometimes teams, when they are good offensively, can just think, we'll outscore them. And what does that do on the defensive end? Whereas the players who really know what's going on with that defense, they know that, yeah, they can score more points, but a lot of that is triggered at the defensive end. You know, why do you, I'm just guessing here, but why do you think Quinn Snyder said that in the postgame? Because that's the message he wants to send to his guys. Hey, we're still a defensive club here. It's about it's it's about the you know the culture of this team and making sure that culture continues on even though there's some new faces. It's a message to those guys saying, hey, we're we can't just relax on offense. We're good. We we play defense. This is the Utah Jazz. We yeah. played defense for a long time. And the two guys that hit that the hardest in the post game last night, in my opinion, were Donovan and Rudy. Which is it, exactly where you want it coming yeah. from. Both of those guys were saying, but it was interesting because in watching their body language and in listening to their words, it was like, hey, nobody panic here, you know? I mean, I know you just gave up 78 points in the first half. I mean, that would get anybody. What is this, an all-star game? Not good. Uh, so uh, so that gets anybody's attention, but for guys like Donovan, and Donovan was really working hard last night. I'm not saying that he did everything exactly right, but he was he was hustling at the defensive end. And uh, but but Rudy was like, "Hey man, it's not just going to happen. We're not going to be the best team on defense in the league uh, just by osmosis." Here, he said, uh, "You know, it's got to be our attention to detail and our work ethic." And uh, Donovan was talking about intensity on defense, all those things. Those things are attainable. Now, they may be limited because, as you say, they're not they're a little smaller uh, size-wise, but, uh, but, but they can learn this defense. And as long as Rudy is there, they, can, uh, they, they have a chance of being one of the better defenses in the league. But it's just going to happen. It's going to happen. They've got to make it happen. And that's that was uh, Quinn's message last night, and it will be, I bet, for a while. Yeah, and uh, and uh, various people. I think uh, Eric Walden asked him about offense, and that was my focus because I was writing about the offense, uh, and he was like, "Hey, man, that'll take care of itself." Uh, right now, we need to focus on this, this defense, get it right, and make sure it's right. They only have one more preseason game tomorrow night against Portland. By the way, seven o'clock tip. Six o'clock pregame. From then on, it counts, uh, and, and good for them. They have a week of practices to get ready for the opener against Oklahoma City. 
But uh, they're going to get it fixed. I think they can get it fixed. It's not like these are again preseason games that don't count, and so it'll be a different matter. But it, a couple of them said last night, you can't just. I think Rudy was one of them. So you can't just flip a switch. It's not like turning on a light. You got to. It's going to take more effort than that. So I think Rudy in particular. Not that he played great defensively last night either, but I think it frustrates him when players don't do what they're supposed to do within the context of the defense because then it usually ends up in his lap one way or another. And sometimes you want it to, but sometimes it's unfair to him. Well, Rudy seems to hold the people around him to the same high standard that he holds himself, and I think that's a, I, I think that's a good thing. And that's why he's the captain of that defense that has been elite for the past several years. You know, he he's... He's intelligent. He knows where he's got to be. He's uber athletic. He does make up for a lot of stuff, but he demands a lot of stuff. And we see him get cranky when that perimeter defense gets leaky and he's relied upon too much. And that was the problem a year ago, in my opinion. And it happened too often. And it was unfair to Rudy. And now you see elements of that again. And Rudy's in there saying, look, man, I'm great, but I'm not that great. I can't make up for bad decisions all around me. And uh, I, I, they'll get it figured out. I mean, Quinn is all over this. Yeah. He's all over. And I, I guarantee you, you mentioned the two-and-a-half-hour practice the other day. I guarantee you that these practices are going to be long, and they're going to be detail-oriented, and they're going to be repetitive over and over and over again until the guys get it right. Because they can, capability-wise, they can do it, I, I believe. It's just a matter of actually putting yourself in positions, making decisions. I, I heard that read word over and over again last I night. I told you. I uh, told you to listen to that. At both ends. And so these are things that, uh, that the Jazz uh, need to, uh, to get down pat. Because what you brought up a great point. Last year when they got scored, they got, well, they got outscored by 50 by Dallas yep. that you brought up. I mean, what, it's the same team. So what's the difference? It's between the years. That's what the difference is. Suddenly, nobody suddenly became a better athlete. You just get you. Hey, got look it. at me! I can jump a foot higher now. No, that wasn't what was going on. What's going on was guys making smart decisions. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I I would I imagine jazz practices. I, I wouldn't really look forward to being a jazz player over the next few days. One other because it's going to get intense. One other uh, observation that I want to make, Gordon. Um, I'm liking more and more, and I brought this up at the in the off season, and not everybody was on board, but I'm liking more and more Joe Ingles with that second unit, and they've started Royce O'Neal in the, against the Pelicans, and they they started uh, Green last night, mm-hmm. and Joe coming off the bench, being a playmaker. Ingles had eight assists la- in the, against the Pelicans and eight assists against, uh, uh, against the Kings last night. The Jazz o- off the bench, I, Moutier doesn't seem to me like he's a, he's a team playmaker, at least not yet. I mean, he's more, uh, I'm, he's more about Emmanuel. He, I mean, made, that's he made a couple of nice individual moves last night, but not really completely integrated into what the Jazz want to do. But if you bring Joe off the bench, not only does he bring the shooting, that, that you would expect from Joe Ingles, but he's going to go out there and make plays for everybody. And you don't mind having Moutier there, uh, taking some minutes and, and using, that, uh, using that ability to score. Ben Anderson brought up something interesting last night on the postgame. When was the last time we saw a Jazz point guard post somebody up back to the basket? We saw that last night with Moutier. 
So if, if Joe can be a playmaker in that second unit, I, I really like him in that role. One other thing as far as at the offensive end goes, Boyan Bogdanovich has to start hitting shots. That'll come. I'm not that worried about it that. It will. I mean, I remember one season, I mentioned this the other day, Jeff Hornacek started the season. He was like he hit one of his first 22 shots or something. Yeah, you knew it was going to come. And it will for him. But I think he's rushing it a little bit. He just needs to uh, kind of fit in and, 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 and not necessarily relax in, 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 the, in the way of you know, kicking back, but just letting the game come and, and, and getting his feet under him, and he'll, he'll be fine. Uh, the, the, the China story, Gordon, uh, with the NBA continues on. And not that uh, I guess it, it is going to die out, but it was – definitely fading from the the top of everybody's mind and until people start saying dumb things and then and you know what maybe we we owe lebron a thanks because this is one of those problems where i actually don't really want it to go away is that terrible to say but i actually you know think that could raise attention on some things but it will anyway that's beside the point lebron james comes back from china and uh and was asked about it yes he was and when you criticize someone and call him uneducated for sticking up for democracy? What are you supposed to do with that, Jake? Well, let's hear the comments and our listeners can kind of sift through this for themselves. We all talk about this freedom of speech. Yes, we all do have freedom of speech, but at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen when you're not thinking about others and only, you're only thinking about yourself. So I don't believe, I don't want to get into a word or sentence uh, feud with Daryl, with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on, on, on the situation at hand. And, um, and he spoke. And uh, so many people uh, could have been harmed, um, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. So just be careful what we tweet and we say and what we do, even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be um, a lot of negative that comes with that. All right, let me let me start here because I heard Austin start here today on his show, I, and I and I thought it was really appropriate when address, addressing this matter. If LeBron is talking about physical harm coming to NBA players while they're overseas in China, you know that's the only really spin I'm going to listen to from these comments. But you don't believe that, that do you? Uh, no, I mean, he, was he harmed mentally and spiritually? Well. Uh, there's a there's a tweet that kind of also backs up that, but it may also be spin. You know, here's LeBron. It, after he started getting a little comments, he he um, tried to clear things up on Twitter. He said, "Let me clear up the confusion. I do not believe there was any consideration for the consequences and ramifications of the tweet. I'm not discussing the substance. Others can talk about that. My team and this league just went through a difficult week." I think people need to understand what a tweet or statement can do to others. And I believe nobody stopped and considered what would happen. Could have waited a week to send it. I mean, what is LeBron suggesting there? Does he really think staying in a luxury resort, he was threatened there? I don't know. The Chinese government is is interesting. I mean, one of the balls. What are they going to do? Put LeBron James in jail? One of the balls almost didn't come back. Oh, come on. I'm not buying that for a second. Or I I don't know. But if he's talking about that and and he talks about more than just that regardless, but if that's 
I, I can somewhat understand that. If you're over there in that country and all this is hitting the fan, I would understand feeling, yeah, but vo- some, somebody, feeling vulnerable. Somebody's always over there. It just happened, it happened to be LeBron. Well, there's some self-interest there, and we are talking about LeBron, so this is all self-interest. So, so you cannot speak out on any issue because it might negatively affect somebody? I think he's talking about his, his NBA brethren. Well, I mean, there are, yeah, but there are people over there all the time. I agree with you. I get you. But if he was, I don't, it, but it's beside the entire point. Yeah. These, the, his comments and these tweets are so out of touch with reality. It's amazing that somebody allowed him to say them. I mean, if it doesn't happen, LeBron is, it can never consider anything from somebody else's perspective. And this is all when he says, Daryl Morey didn't think about others. He's saying, Daryl Morey didn't think about me. Yeah. Saying he didn't think about me and, and my movie coming out next summer that's got to, <laughs> you know, clean up in China. And my shoes that I'm trying to sell. Daryl wasn't thinking about this guy. And that's really unfortunate. And given LeBron's past and some statements that he's made it this is a horrible horrible look for him i read an editorial earlier today that said this is the low point of lebron's career it might turn into that yeah i i, I might agree with that uh but uh, yeah, i mean well I, I don't mind when when people in general have an open mic in front of them or uh, accessibility to Twitter because it reveals what they're really thinking. And sometimes it's unfortunate to them because the truth comes out. But I like the fact that the truth comes out so people can examine what this person is really about. It's not like I'm sitting here, hey, okay, everybody judge LeBron now. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that they – at least you can be witness to what motivates somebody, what somebody is important to that individual. That, that's what I'm saying. And it's not always overly uh, complimentary. It's, it, the, the problem is, is that if we're all going to compare situations, if you speak out, if you speak out about injustice and civil rights and, and these things in society that you have experienced and observed and have an issue with, I, I, I appreciate the first person nature of it. But at the same time, you can't ignore the same issues somewhere else right. simply because you benefit financially. We, could, we can talk about the morality of that, I suppose, but like from a simple human standpoint, mm-hmm. I mean, because Jake, Jake, say that again. Say that again, because that is so freaking important, that distinction that you just made. Say that again, will you? I don't even know how to, how to say that. But I, I can appreciate somebody who, who experiences something first person and uh, has, has witnessed it from, from their point of view and speak out about it. But when the same thing is happening somewhere else. To someone else and you are benefiting monetarily correct. from that, then, oh, no, that's a sacred cow. You can't, you can't do that. I mean, you absolutely can't do that. And the NBA is still in this lose-lose situation where this is – the Chinese, this is going to affect them negatively. They might as well go all in on pro-America now because this, this whole kowtowing is just – is ruining these NBA players' reputation. Or players, I mean, everybody involved who's, who's backing off. And then there are politicians who are jumping in on it, uh, trying to make some hay – with criticizing these people like LeBron who are saying what they're saying and uh, finding it completely objectionable. 
and I guess we are criticizing him as well. But there is hypocrisy in this. And what's so ironic is that he's calling Daryl Morey uneducated. He misinformed was the the word that he used. And I guess Daryl, uh, I guess he said he was misinformed when he was backing off. Yeah, initially, which was, which was unfortunate that he did that because he was right the first time. But but these guys are feeling pressure. That's just the way it is. We're talking about billions of dollars here, or millions in the case of individuals, and uh, they they don't know how to react to that other than to to back it up. You know, well, back it up, back it up. You know, soften it somehow. Well, self self interest is a really funny thing, isn't it? I mean, it can cause you to to bend a lot of morals because hey, this is better for me. <laughs> and, and, and the league, the league is put in a tough spot. But that you know, it, it's just that's just the way it is. Live with it. Don't back away from it, Daryl Morey. Well, don't shy league- away from criticizing this government that is doing things that uh, are uh, objectionable from 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 a morality standpoint. Well, it's just the hypocrisy of all this. Why you uh, I mean why the NBA is speaking out on on one particular issue. They knowingly are been, are involved with with people who are far worse. If that makes any sense. They they compromise that knowing that anybody who has paid attention to anything that's happened politically in the last 100 years knows all you need to know about what's going on in China and what's gone on in China and and what that country is all about. And the NBA, along with corporate America, got in bed with that over mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And, and we're all compromised by it. But you, you, you can't simply approve of it because it, it benefits you millions of dollars, well, billions of dollars. Even if you're involved in, in some sort of process, machinery that is making you money, don't shy away from appropriate criticism. Now, I, uh, real quick, and we'll put a wrap on this segment, but real quick, I want to read Ennis Cantor's tweet oh, from yeah. last night responding, uh-huh. uh, responding to all this. And I know he's not the most popular around here, but his, well, act- he is on this one. his activism um, speaking out against the, the government in Turkey is, has been uh, quite the journey for him. And he tweeted this out. He says, haven't seen or talked to my family in five years. Jailed my dad. My siblings can't find jobs. Revoked my passport. International arrest warrant. My family can't leave the country. Got death threats every day. Got attacked, harassed. Tried to kidnap me in Indonesia. Freedom is not free. Mm-hmm. That's a fairly powerful statement, I'd say. Especially given the the situation we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, LeBron, LeBron gets a thumbs down. And Ennis Cantor gets a thumbs up. Hey, he's he's making a, a difference, bringing an awareness to a situation that is that is red hot right now. And, when and we people th- should be paying attention. To so it. Ennis Cantor is saying something extremely responsible, mature. And when I think of Ennis Cantor, I think of him being over at Cheesecake Factory, tweeting out tweets. Hey, if there are any good-looking women out there who want to come meet me, come on over. Well, I, I suppose that Ennis has matured a little bit. Uh, it sounds like it. LeBron is, in fact, just a few moments ago, made comments about it uh, again. And mm-hmm. we want to go ahead and turn those around and play uh, play them for you. It's a, it's about a minute long, maybe a little bit longer, and we'll give a brief reaction. But we'll we'll have to get back to this uh, a little bit later on in the day. 
uh, as well. We are uh, live today. Come see us at Restore Hyper Wellness in Cryotherapy, 121 East and 123rd South. Uh, we'll talk to Brody coming up here momentarily. Let's play this sound. LeBron was asked if he understood the criticism for his comments yesterday. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously it's a, I mean, it's a tough situation that we're all in right now um, as an association. Us as athletes, owners, GMs, whatever, so so forth. Um, you know, I think you know when the issue comes up, if you feel passionate about it or you feel like um, it's something you want to talk about, then then so be it. Um, I also don't think that um, every issue should be everybody's problem as well. You know, so you know when things come up, there's there's multiple things that that we haven't talked about that happen in our own in our own country that we don't bring up. You know, it's things that happen in my own community that, you know, trying to help my kids graduate uh, high school and go off to college is, you know, what's been my main concern over the last couple of years, you know, in my school. Um, you know, trying to make sure that the inner city kids that grow up in my hometown can have a brighter future and look at me as inspiration to get out of the, you know, the hell hold of, of, of the inner city, you know, and we don't talk about those stories enough, um, but we tend to you know, want to talk about so many other things as well. So there's issues all over the world. Um, and, and we, I think the, the best thing we can do is, you know, if you feel passionate about it, talk about it. Um, if you're not, um, if you don't have a lot of knowledge about it or you don't quite understand it, I don't think you should talk about it because uh, it just puts you in a, in a tough position. So, Gordon? Well, my immediate reaction to that is, who made LeBron James God? Not me. Why suddenly can he be the great uh, uh, judge or judge of, uh, of of what's right and what's what causes are worth getting behind and which causes aren't worth getting behind? What do you say? Everybody shouldn't get involved in every issue. Uh, let's see. He says. I also don't think that every issue should be everybody's problem. What, what, what does he mean by that? And then he deflects it by going back to some of the problems in this country. We understand that there are problems in this country. And LeBron, talk about that all you want. If you want to draw attention to various injustices around our, our country, then do so. But don't scold those who who feel strongly about the the way China is uh, is trying to destroy democracy in Hong Kong. You know, it, it, okay, everybody doesn't have to speak out on every issue. Fine, uh, that's fine, LeBron. But when there is an issue that you have a significant amount of <laughs> self interest in, yes, people are going to want to know what you think. This isn't uh, this isn't something that is totally unrelated to to LeBron, right? I mean, we're not talking about uh, the spreading of communism in South America uh, back in the '80s. We're not talking about something that has nothing to do with basketball. We're talking about something that is very relevant to LeBron. To his his shoe brand, to his upcoming movie, to his business interests, this this entire business empire that he's built for years, it, it it's very it, it it has very much to do, and so you can you can say hey that's not my issue and I don't want to speak on it, but that you have you have a role in this issue whether yes. you like it or not. Yes, and that would be like some of these issues that are important to LeBron in this country. Uh, that would be like somebody. How would he feel if somebody said in this country, ah, you know, it's not my problem, so I'm not even going to think about it. It's not my issue. Ha. 
So I'm not going to comment about it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to draw attention to it. How would he feel about that? You know what? In all honesty here, in LeBron's defense, I'd actually like to hear some, some uh, corporate CEOs answer these questions that LeBron's having to answer. Well, I mean, because but a lot of them wouldn't see, have it. LeBron is is a special case because he's he's a, a well known figure, one of the most and, famous people on the planet. Y- yes, yeah. and when he makes comments like this, it's news. Yep. More big show coming up next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.